Welcome, welcome to another... The official podcast of The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. Do you hear that, Ern? The Leaky Cauldron. Just go. You're wasting time. Welcome to Pottercast, your number one audio source for Harry Potter news, theories, discussion, as well as info straight from the makers of the books and films themselves, like me, Matt Lewis. I play Neville Longbottom in the Harry Potter films, and I'm very happy to be here helping introduce your hosts, the Pottercast trio, Melissa, John, and Sue. Welcome to another Pottercast, it's Pottercast 77! Woo! I'm Melissa, I'm here with John and Sue, and we have a very special guest here hosting with us this week. He did warn that one day he'd be host on our previous Wizard Rock video podcast. Well, please welcome host Paul DeGeorge, otherwise known as Harry Potter Year 7 of the band Harry and the Potters. Hey, thanks guys. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Thank you, Paul. Hello, hello. All right. (laughs) I'm glad you remembered that I threatened to be host of your show, Melissa. <laughs> you you did. It said what is all this. I think it was actually Joe who said it all sad at the end of the episode. <laughs> One day we'll be hosts. And it was so cute. We just had to have you. And we'll put a link to that video if you haven't seen it already in the, in, in the show notes. Anyway, a great show coming to you this week. We have a very special canon conundrums about the latest Joe quote. The latest quote about Joe writing Dumbledore in book seven. The still dead will still be dead Dumbledore in book seven Joe's writing him as a character so what is she up to our fan interview is with none other than our very special guest host Paul DeGeorge who's here to talk to us about the new Wizard Rock Club a great charity effort that he and the other Harry Potter bands have come together to create so before we do anything of course we have to hear from our friends at Borders Today's Pottercast is brought to you by Borders. Do you believe Snape is a friend or foe? Show everyone where your loyalties lie. Reserve Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows at Borders at 40% off and get a free sticker. Choose from Trust Snape or Snape is a Very Bad Man. Click on the Borders banner at the top of Pottercast.com to reserve your book. Then pick up your sticker the next time you visit a Borders near you. All right. Well, a couple quick announcements before we go over to Sue's News. Podcast Alley and Dig.com. Do the link in the vote thing. Hmm. As you always do. If you want to see Pottercast live and you're somewhere around the New Orleans area and or attending Phoenix Rising, the Harry Potter conference scheduled for that area in May, you can do that by going to thephoenixrises.org. We'll be doing a live podcast there and very special guests in this podcast will be Matt from the Whomping Willows as well as Brian from Draco and the Malfoys. Ooh. Paul, what about you? Uh, we're actually going to be in England at that time, touring the UK. Oh, wow. suckers! Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to have a great time in New Orleans. Um, we have another quick announcement about New Orleans. We're going to be help organizing a trip to do work for Habitat for Humanity. As you know, the area of New Orleans is still very devastated after Hurricane Katrina, and we have some volunteers coming together to get all the Harry Potter fans out there to help build houses. We'll be doing that every day while we're out there. There'll be a trip. So go to podcast.com for more information about that, who you have to email to volunteer. Um, please remember that if you sign up, you're signing up to actually do construction to build houses. It's going to mm. be a lot of fun. John has to get out his <laughs> combat boots. Yeah, I was just going to, you know, bring my wand and uh-huh. uh, try to... Uh, what's that? What's a cleanup spell? I forget. Like, scourgeify. Yeah. So I was scourgeify everything. And embarrass myself. Uh-huh. 
Um, okay, in other live podcast news, we're having a live podcast at the Borders on Charing Cross Road on March 3rd in London. We don't have an exact time yet, but it will be in enough time for you to come to the show and then go to the 2.30 performance of Equus if that's what you're in town to do. So we'll keep you posted on podcast.com. Drop us an email at staff at podcast.com if you're coming. And no more announcements. We're going to go do Sue's news and then we'll come back and we'll do the news and then we'll be here with an interview with Paul and that's it. Okay. Give us some news, Sue's. Well, as anxious as we all are for the release of Book 7, the majority of the news this week focused on items relating to the other big event due to take place this summer, the release of the fifth film, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Many, many new products tied in with the release of the upcoming movie have been previewed at Toy Fair in New York, and we got a closer look at things such as the new edition of the Harry Potter Seen It DVD game, which will contain new images from the Phoenix movie. There were action figures galore, info on new trading cards, masks, chess sets, a new Lego Hogwarts castle, a new Hogwarts castle made out of sturdy building cards, and even a new Leaky Cauldron sign, which shows a witch stirring her pot just like the one we saw hanging outside of our favorite pub in the Prisoner of Azkaban movie, and so much more. To view these new items, you can click on Leaky Galleries, which has the most extensive collection of Potter images on the net. Speaking of new images, a handful of new photos from the movie Order of the Phoenix itself continued to surface online. We saw new things such as our first look at Abiforth, who is the bartender at the Hogshead Pub and brother of Professor Albus Dumbledore, as well as a moving photo of Dan Radcliffe as Harry Potter, this showing him bloodied and grieving, perhaps after the battle in the Ministry. On the subject of Mr. Radcliffe, his new play, Equus, began previews this week in London, and a few new interviews and reviews have appeared online, as well as some rather revealing new images from the play. One new interview featured his co-star Richard Griffith, who also spoke about his role as Uncle Vernon in the Harry Potter films. He describes Uncle Vernon's appearance in Phoenix as fleeting, and describes the nature of Harry and his uncle's relationship as having changed, and says we can see, quote, that it ends up with Harry as the master and Vernon as the shivering idiot, the shivering coward, end quote. And in one very good print interview, the always entertaining and interesting Jason Isaacs described working on the Harry Potter films again and spoke of playing his role as the Death Eater Lucius Malfoy as, quote, unalloyed Nazi evil, end quote. Finally, we saw a new video interview with Prisoner of Azkaban Alfonso Cuaron, where he said if he had the opportunity to direct the film version of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, it would be, quote, something sweet, end quote. Please note there has been no director announcement for either Deathly Hallows nor Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince as of yet. Half-Blood Prince is set to begin production later this summer. Well, for all of these interviews, images, videos, and much more, you can always find it at leakynews.com, which is updated daily. And back to the show we go. And we're back. We are. Thanks for the news, Suze. Thank you, Sue. I gotta say, it's good news. Lots of pictures this week. Lots, just zillions of pictures from from the movie and new products, and just. No, I'm not really sure as to where a lot of these new photos are coming, but we saw a nice one. I thought of Dan looking very sad, made me sad. Mm. Look at We've seen Dan looking every which way possible. I've had so much of yes. Dan, um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so Dan pictures all over the place. Dan, so, oh Luna my gosh. and Dan pictures, or Von and Harry, Luna and Harry picture. What are you talking about? Valentine's oh, right, the Day. picture of them holding hands. On yeah. Valentine's Day, no less. It come, come on, Was guys. it on Valentine's Day? It did come out on Valentine's Day. Aww. Well, it was Most cute. It has to be. It must be the, the end scene. 
the last scene where they well, talk about where of course it was where her stuff went. Oh. Yeah, I've seen my things. I'm trying to leave. That was just okay. It's not a good Luna. I haven't um, tried Luna yet. I need to practice. Oh, we got him. That's yes, all I tried have. was Luna. <laughs> wow, my memory is ridiculous tonight. So <laughs> okay, don't laugh at my memory. <laughs> We'll, we'll laugh at that over those other lame jokes. Why, John? Lame jokes are funnier than real jokes. Oh, yeah, at my expense. You know what else we saw was Aberforth and that big giant, like, hog. That hog looked kind of scary that's on the wall with the, the hog's head in. I it was mean, crazy. I think he looks like Dumbledore. You think? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, but I mean, they've worked to make him look like Dumbledore. It's cool. I like yeah. it. A picture of Harry grieving, of course. Well, oh, whatever. You can go to Leaky and see all these pictures. We don't need to discuss them all in depth. Lots of photos coming. Um, I think maybe the one interesting interesting piece of news that we should discuss, or two, rather, Jason Isaacs calls playing Lucius Malfoy unalloyed Nazi evil, which was just probably the best way I've heard him described ever. Yeah, that was an excellent interview with him. He's also getting ready to perform in, in London in his new play, or he is actually playing right now. And, and and I just thought that was really, he was really honest about that because a lot of people associate the Death Eaters with more like KKK and stuff. But I mean, Lucius is just, that was a really interesting discussion, you know, way for him to, to phrase that. And he has such great joy playing it, you know. He just seemed to be really enthused. He always, whenever you hear him talk about the movie, that's about what, what utter joy he has and how yeah. how he would do this even unpaid, but I don't right. think he uses those words because producers would hear them. But he just <laughs> seems like he would do it for nothing because he's yeah. having such a great time. Also, Alfonso Cuaron said that it would be sweet to direct Power Powder 7, which is a huge surprise considering how many people are lining up around the block to try and direct that film. Yes. But he said seven, not six. And we're still waiting on a director for six. We are still waiting. We've heard rumors about Anand Tucker has been on the IMDb, but hardly every, hardly anything on IMDb ends up being true. So we're going to wait mm. before speculating on that further. It could be David Yates, but I doubt it. Usually could be David people Yates. Need, a, need a break before. I heard it could be uh, Kenneth uh, Bragness. Branagh. Branagh. Yeah. Right. No, he was actually originally slated to direct Equus. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, and he left. He yeah, he's left. A, he's actually. Oh, gosh darn. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, seriously, it is such a light news week, which is which is good because we have such a huge long show coming. Uh, we had a lot of fun with Paul, and you're going to start to hear the rest of that. Can I can I say one thing before we go? One thing before we go, just a personal so, plug for our site. We saw like about a zillion new products from uh, Toy Fair this week that premiered last week over oh, Toy yeah. Fair and. I was going through the pictures, and and this is one was not pointed out to me. I was literally one afternoon, like Sunday afternoon, going through the pictures, and I spotted something on the wall. It's the one item I know I'm going to buy. It's the leaky cauldron sign that we saw in Prisoner of Azkaban. I know. I want one. I want it. No, they didn't make one of those. Yes. They're making one. Yes. So excited. I want to put that in my hallway. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Thank you, Warner Brothers! Yay! Okay, I'm done. You know, it's so funny because that's the exact... First of all, that's the image that's on... That was on the original Leaky Business Cards. Secondly... Oh, yeah. Secondly, as I walked through the... Back when Melissa was spelled with two S's instead of three. Yeah, John. (laughs) John. (laughs) I misspelled Melissa's business card with three S's. Three S's. Melissa! M-A-L. M-E-L-I-S-S-S-A. S-A. And nobody, I didn't notice it. Nobody noticed it until I met I met this woman named um, MJ, and she just looked at my card and said, "Hey, 
this is really how you spell your name? I said, no. You should have said yes, so you can embarrass yourself. <laughs> okay. Anyway, that sign, the, f- the very first time I went to the sets in 2003, I walked through this warehouse, and there's stuff everywhere, and we're all walking around, and everybody's looking at everything, not really paying attention, and I screamed. I let out a big, a big piercing shriek and ran and stand and stood under it but there were no cameras so i couldn't take a picture under the leaky sign but that's mm-hmm. the that's it that's the exact sign and they're making it oh i want picture. one so cool i need it for my house my house yay. won't be my house unless i have one of those right i know yeah. it's awesome yay well why don't we go paul's paul's getting anxious over there all right paul we hear you we're coming let's go hang out with him all right corner a one-on-one interview with a new lucky fan each week not me not Hermione you okay we're here again with our friend Paul DeGeorge who is one half of Harry and the Potters the wizard rock band that started everything a few years ago now there are a hundred wizard rock bands and there's kids all over the country and the world getting into Harry Potter garb and singing about Harry Potter to packed club audiences so welcome Paul thank you Thank you for having me. It's really a pleasure. And I'd, I'd like to add, it's not just rock clubs that we play at, but a lot of libraries, too, and other weirdo libraries, places. And <laughs> bridges and, li- you know, um, yeah. bridges and conventions and open fields and, and garages and... Basements, yeah, donut right? shops, bike stores. Mm, <laughs> we, donut shops for real? Or are you just teasing me? We did a donut shop on our first tour, yeah, in Portland, oh, it's Portland, Oregon. Oh, so cool. Good place. Voodoo Donut. Check it out. Mm. What's the weirdest place you've ever played? Well, that donut shop was pretty awesome, actually. I mean, there's only room for about 15, 20 people in there. And uh, the stage is actually on top of the bathroom. And you, you climb a ladder to get up there. And they actually have an organ up there. So Joe and I just sort of played uh, acoustic from the top of this stage on top of a bathroom and uh <laughs> it was it was pretty amazing you know they have even had a disco ball so there there's really? a donut <laughs> shop with an organ and a disco ball in oregon yeah they actually have bands play there uh you know frequently i guess <laughs> were they throwing out free donuts uh, i don't even think we got free donuts when we played which oh. is kind of the strange thing but um they are very good donuts um if you're in Portland. Okay. I love that. Right. So the donut cast continues. Paul, it's really, we're really happy. You've been on the show a few times. Mostly we've been interviewing you at shows and playing some of your songs and sort of in a very rushed fashion. So we're very happy to have yeah. you here in, in a real sense. Yeah, I'll be here all night. <laughs> yeah. No, it's <laughs> great to be here. Tip the waiter, try the veal. Okay, so um, we had you here for a very special reason. The Wizard Rock movement, as everybody knows, has been going on for a long time. You guys are continuing to rock it. There's nothing, you know, huge that's changed, except you guys have now put out this awesome thing called the Wizard Rock EP Club, right? EP of the Month Club? Yeah, exactly. So tell us, so can you tell us a little bit about it? Melissa, I would love to tell you a little bit about it. Um, (laughs) I was hoping you'd say that. (laughs) You know, Joe and I have sort of felt inspired by seeing all these other people starting up these bands. And it's been really exciting and fun for us to watch. And, you know, like sometimes, you know, we've ended up making really great friends through this, you know, like the guys in Draco and the Malfoys and the Hungarian Horntails. And, you know, we've just made some great friends and it's great to be able to play shows with these other bands and to hang out with them. And the the whole idea behind the EP of the month club is that we've sort of 
established ourselves as this cool, very supportive community, the Wizard Rock community. And I wanted to try and organize everybody as much as I could around a charitable cause. And so I thought, what more fun way than to actually put out some records and make them available to people. And uh, sort of like when I was when I was a kid um, in high school and college, um, I used to subscribe to all these singles clubs, you know, like the sub pop singles club where they right. every month they send you a seven a seven inch record in the mail or like, you know, other EP clubs and things like that. And so I would subscribe to pretty much anything that was subscribable if they sent you for sent you exclusive music because I was just all into that sort of thing. So basically that's that's the model behind this and the way the club works is that people pay a yearly subscription fee which is $50 and every other month in the mail they'll get two CDs from us from and we've got 12 different bands so one for each month and all the bands are submitting exclusive material to the club so we're we've got the first the first two months we've got uh for January the Hungarian Horntails and they've got a a 16 track CD it's like a full length and um we also have this this metal band uh that is called Voldemort and they've got a six song EP. So those will be shipping out at the end of February. And then in March and April, we've got the Remus Lupins and Alex is contributing some, uh, you know, he's working on his EP right now, you know, awesome. and, uh, also, also shipping out in February is Remus and the Lupins. So we've got a whole werewolf extravaganza <laughs> yeah. going on. And so it's 50 <laughs> bucks, right? And that's kind of a lot, but basically after we get all the expenses covered, in the club, you know, for the CD pressings and mailing and everything, we're going to have a bunch left over to donate to charity, which is the whole drive behind this. So the charity we've selected for this endeavor is First Book, which is a national nonprofit that's aimed solely at providing books to low-income families, the kids in low-income families who otherwise don't really have much of an opportunity to own books. And... So our hope is that if we're able to sell all the subscriptions, we should have about $10,000 raised at the end of the year to donate oh, to First Book. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah. Basically, there, it's, it's sort of a fun, exclusive little club, you know, where we're selling about 750 subscriptions. And that's pretty much the only way most people get a chance to, to own these CDs. Um, each band is going to get a few copies to sell, you know, at their shows or, or to give away to friends or whatever. Each band's going to get a, like a couple hundred. Um, but beyond that, like if you want the whole collection, your best, your best bet is to subscribe for sure. And it's going to be quite a collection too. We've got, we've got some awesome bands involved, like, um, Harry and the Potters, obviously, we'll, we're, we'll be submitting, uh, a CD and we've got Draco and the Malfoys as well and Runal Waslib and a whole bunch of other great bands. So you said 700, you said 750 subscriptions. Does that mean there's a limit or is that pretty much where you're at right now? No, we haven't sold nearly that many just yet. That's the, that's the upper limit. That's where we'll cut off the subscriptions. So definitely, uh, if, if you're interested, I, I wouldn't recommend waiting around till September because they might all be uh, snatched up at that point. But you know, um, I think right now we launched the club, um, almost two weeks ago and we've probably sold like 150 subscriptions mm. and. That's really only been with uh, just me announcing it on our website for the most part. And we haven't really done too much in the way of pu publicizing it. But 
I think that's the whole point behind this interview, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I don't think this is going to help you at all. Man. No, nobody, no one's listening to this show. No one listens to this show. No, 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 no. no. You have plenty of hard, of diehard Potter fans who, who I'm sure they're, su- they're such good hearted. And one of the greatest things that we have found in this community through these years is that when the Potter fans come together for something like this, for a charity, they come up with amazing results. So I think that you might be surprised. What well, happens, no, that's the word. I, you know? I don't doubt it at all, because that's exactly what we've seen in our experience as a band working with these charities, is that people really, I mean, it's it's a cause that everybody feels pretty close to, because these books have affected all our lives in such a positive way that uh, I think everybody seems so eager to share that with other people who are maybe in less fortunate circumstances than we are. Yeah. And I, I mean, I love what you guys are going to be doing down in New Orleans. I think that's fantastic to have that Habitat for Humanity project going on in conjunction with all the Potter fans down there. And uh, so way to go guys there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we can't take credit. We were contacted and, and the girl, the girl was, um, wanted to know if the three of us wanted to come and, the, like you said, this community, knowing what this community can do, he said, hey, we'll throw it out there on Pottercast, see what kind of right. what kind of results we get. So it's just because of the strength of this community that we know that we can come together and, and do this kind of thing. But I'm so interested, when you guys had this idea and you wanted to do it, what did you, did you just contact the bands and say, hey guys, not to give you a lot of work or anything, but can you come up with a whole <laughs> album? You know? Well, well, we're not looking for whole albums, just like half albums, you know, of like five or six songs generally. But yeah, basically, I mean, first we kind of went to like a lot of the bands we had struck up friendships with in our in our travels and pitched them the idea and there was there was nobody who said no to us if we approached them really everybody was really positive about it and that's only sort of continued through the whole process of putting together like the artwork on the CDs uh, sort of follows a theme. So each one, they, they kind of come together as a series of, of 12 EPs. And then at the end of the year, you can, you know, check it out. I've got 12 CDs from the year. <laughs> All the bands have been a real pleasure to work with on that end. And they've been incredibly enthusiastic. And I just love being able to, you know, a couple months before I mail them out, I get to get all these CDs in the mail from these bands and be like the first one to hear it, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. Seriously, though, I mean, $50 at the end of all this, you've paid like four bucks a CD. Yeah. Well, see, that's, that's what it is. It's a great deal. Mm-hmm. When you, when you come down to how much we're going to be donating, like almost 30% of that is, is going to be going to charity anyway. So it's, it's something that I'm hoping that people will get behind, not just because you're going to get something really fun out of it, but also because it's one of these good causes. And it cool. makes us all cool. feel good at the end of the day. And then we can right. put on our CDs and dance around. You know what I what I really <laughs> like about it? The music talk about dancing. You have a really cool variety of bands. I mean, it isn't just, I mean, they aren't playing just the same kind of music. That's what I like about it. I thought this was like really slick. Did you do that on purpose or just, you know? Um, Sure. We, I mean, thanks, Sue. I appreciate that. Yeah. We we sort of wanted to, to spread things out a little bit, obviously. I mean, the, the Wizard Rock community is already pretty diverse to begin with as far as sound um and so we i guess we tried to to pick some that really struck us as being unique to some degree and also spread it around like i know i mentioned like some of the more popular bands like drake on the malfoys and the remus lupins but we also wanted to be able to publicize some other bands that maybe people hadn't heard of like the fleur de la Curs, um right. who are these awesome it's a you know a, a girl 
punk rock trio from Colorado yeah. and they're they're so they're so awesomely feminist and it's it's great and there's that's such a cool part of music is this sort of very pro women side of things and it was awesome to see them pop up on the wizard rock scene i think they popped up back in the fall just as i was starting to put together the band list and there was they immediately struck me as like got to have these guys involved yeah. and then there's like the marauders which is this girl Kristen um, from New Jersey, and uh, she's actually just started playing shows. And I got an email from Matt, the Whomping Willow, who said her performance um, just the other night in Pennsylvania was one of his favorite performances of all time. Apparently, her dad played accordion during his her set, oh. which is just <laughs> just cool. fantastic, you know. So it's great to be able to like to go to some of these younger bands who are just starting and and haven't really established a fan base and say, hey, check it out. Why don't you be part of our club? And then, you know, we'll press some CDs for you and then you can give them to your friends or sell them at your shows. And these are these are kids who just, you know, haven't quite established those the resources where they could do that. So it's cool to be able to help them in that way, too, and promote them. Now, has it been hard at all? Because there are so many wizard rock bands out there. I'm imagining that you probably had a surplus of people who wanted to be involved in this. Sure. Well, we, we for that reason, we kept it a secret and uh, <laughs> didn't tell anybody we were working on it. Because uh, I figured uh, a lot of people would want to be involved and, and we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings or anything. So as we were working on it, we just kind of privately made a list of bands we were interested in asking and and there was there was plenty of bands on that list you know and the reason some were selected over others was specifically because we sort of wanted to spread it out amongst these like well-established bands versus um lesser known and and things like that and and also like a diversity of sound as well and just try and try and open people's ears up to new things in that way and so hopefully, I'm not promising anything, but if this year is successful, maybe we can do this again in 2008 and invite a, a whole set of 12 other bands to join. Wow. Cool. Very cool. Well, you guys are still pressing CDs. I mean, not, not pressing them anymore, but you're still running this all out of your basement, out of your garages and stuff like that. So how does it feel that you've gotten to the point where this, this homegrown, this homegrown effort is now responsible for spawning a charity drive that may end up donating $10,000 at the end of the year. You know what I mean? It, it's gotten so large that now you're helping younger and, and other, you're sort of the godfathers of the wizard rock scene. So <laughs> how does that transition feel to you? Well, uh, I guess in a way it feels like totally natural. Um, because, uh, I mean, you know, I filled mail orders out of my parents' basement once a week and, it's it's just something that's fun for me, you know, you, like you put on a CD and, you know, s seal up uh, bubble mailers full of CDs. And, and that's how that's how I do it. And so taking on this project is is just sort of an extension of that. And it's just I mean, we're sort of in a spot where we kind of could put this together and pull it off. You know, we sort of have these relationships established with, uh, you know, we've got our, our company that we use to press CDs. So they're so easy to deal with that the, this project's not a heck of a lot of stress where it, for us, where we've done it on a number of occasions before with pressing our own CDs. Whereas for, for a younger man, it might be sort of like overwhelming to deal with all this stuff for the first time. And, you know, it's just a really fun undertaking for me. And it's cool that we can, we're in a position where we've established our reputation 
to a degree that we can help not only these other bands, but also this charity through this project. Thank you very much for all that awesome information. And there will be links about Wizard Rock EP Club, EP of the Month Club. I'm sorry, I keep calling it just the Wizard Rock EP Club, but it is actually called the EP of the Month Club. And we'll have a link to that in our show notes and all the relevant information. Uh, Before we let you out of this fan interview, we have some fans with questions. They sent us questions in the email. And here is the first. It's from Tonya Sumik. And she says, this is a question for Paul. What is your favorite HP book? Oh, all right. Well, I'm going to have question. to thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Sonia. I think my favorite is actually, um, the half blood prince because, uh, and we'll, I'm sure we'll be talking to this later on in the canon conundrums, but, uh, Dumbledore is really my favorite character. And there was just so much good Dumbledore action in book six that I was really pleased and it was really fun to read. Awesome. Well, th- her other question was, "What is your favorite character?" So there, you got you got two in one. Yeah. Bam! Nice. All right. I am knock them, set them up, knock them down. Aletha Stainbrook asks, "How does it feel to have started the Wizard Rock Revolution?" Ah, oh, a revolution! <laughs> Excellent. Um, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's absolutely flattering to see so many bands sort of spring up in the wake of our minivan travels across country. It's cool in a way because. It seems like the thing about Wizard Rock is it's a really sort of self-empowerment thing. You know, Joe and I are not the the best musicians or the best singers or the best songwriters, but none of that stopped us from starting a band and from from calling up libraries and booking shows. And I think people have maybe been encouraged by that and and seeing the success we've had. And that's enabled enabled just kids kids for the first time to pick up instruments and start their own bands and start recording it and putting it on MySpace. And they just, I think they're feeling really encouraged by the response that this community has given them. And it's a real welcoming community. And I think people are, are just finding that they enjoy being a part of it, both as fans and bands. Right. You know, I think some of the, some of the bands are probably some of the biggest fans and it's cool to, to play that dual role as well. You know, the, the cool thing about it is that there's really, there's really no aspect of celebrity right. involved. You, and, and that's part of, that's part of all of us being fans of these books and, and being moved by these books in a way that we're, sort of, we've become driven to sort of involve them more in our own personal lives through this way and, and to, uh, to make art using them to some degree and to share that with others. And I don't know, it's, it's just a whole, the whole thing is, is just a wonderful experience to be a part of. You know, that's so cool because I got to say, and I don't want to be sound like a fangirl, but it's so true. You guys are also, you're accessible, if that makes any sense. And that's what I like about all the bands. They really try to embrace just the the fans or the the other Potter members or breeders or fans or whatever you want to call them. And it's just amazing to me when you go to these concerts, you get these fans are just so cool. Everybody's just so into it. And it's about the books. And that just is the coolest thing when you're all saying umbrage, you know, I mean, who would you remind yeah. you just saying the word umbrage all together? You know, it's just fabulous. It really is. <laughs> yeah. It's just, yeah. just, sorry. I just had well, one more quick, quick question. One more question from Shauna Burns. She says, how quickly do the songs come after you read the book? Moments, days, hours, and of course, the eternal question: What comes first, the music or the lyrics? Um, I guess even as we're reading the books, we start to develop song ideas. Um, 
like the day, for instance, uh, with the sixth book, the day we finished, um, the sixth book, we were driving from Minnesota into South Dakota. And this was summer 2005. We're driving from Minnesota into South Dakota and we have a day off. So we're spending it in the Badlands National Park and we're, we're camping. We actually brought our tent for the whole summer just so we could camp in the Badlands. We, we drive in, we get set up the tent and Joe and I, it's, it's kind of getting dark and Joe and I are just sitting at the picnic table and we've just finished the book and we wrote two songs that night. We wrote, um, or not completely, but we wrote Save Jenny Weasley from Dean Thomas, which <laughs> is, um, you know, a song about Harry's developing relationship with Ginny. And, <laughs> We also wrote our Dumbledore song. We, oh, you know, um, yeah. And, yeah. and that sort of, I mean, that developed into sort of like a sprawling epic as, as we put more and more into it, um, in later months as we were developing it for recording. But, um, the, the basic idea of that song just sort of struck us just that night, you know, like that, I mean, that was a big night, you know, you find out Dumbledore's dead and, I, I guess we sort of found inspiration in that in a way um, and tried to tried to. I mean, the song is about remaining positive uh, in the wake of sort of that tragedy. Um, well, I got to say, that's I, one of my favorite songs. It's <laughs> it's so powerful when you all perform that. And I, I, I mean, you can tell that you were moved when you wrote that song. It shows, you know. Oh, thanks, Sue. It's <laughs> that <true>. means a lot. <laughs> it's true. I was like, wow. And uh, I mean, as far as lyrics or music coming first, it's usually they come together. Uh, I guess like when we're working out, usually we'll, I guess we try and yeah, it's together mostly. (laughs) (laughs) But um, like, for instance, with Dumbledore, we came up with that chorus, like Dumbledore will fight for you tonight. And then sort of develop the other words to the song around that part. So the other words kind of fall into place after you get this initial song idea. And I think it's that that case with most anybody. You come up with a hook and then work around that. Spoken like an experienced (laughs) musician. Well, listen, thank you very much, very, very much, Paul. This is the end of this fan interview. We were going right into canon conundrums. Again, it's the Wizard Rock EP of the Month Club. Links and notes and everything you need on Pottercast.com. And now it's time for Canon Conundrums. Listen in as our panel tries to figure out one specific issue from the Harry Potter canon. Who could possibly figure that out? It's time for Canon Conundrums. 77. Canon Conundrums. Brilliant. With Paul to George. Right. And Sue and Melissa. <laughs> <laughs> no Steve. And no Steve. Steve had Steve's some problems. kind of pooped out. Mm-hmm. Sad pandas. John, why don't you tell us what this week's Canon Conundrum is all about? Oh, do I get to be Steve for the week? I think you do. Gosh. Okay. Well, this week's Canon Conundrums is all about a recent quote from Joe about Dumbledore and about her having troubles with him in the writing of Book 7, which is interesting to us because Dumbledore is dead, so... No, he's not. Uh, we're all very curious about, <laughs> oh, <yes. laughs> about what <laughs> problems she could have regarding his character in Book 7. What does that mean for Dumbledore? Which is a long way of saying what what's giving Joe problems about Dumbledore in Book 7. What is Joe up to? What's happening? What's the deal with Dumbledore? What is the deal with Dumbledore, Seinfeld? 
Oh, you know, I, I just was thrilled. This came from when Mr. Ratcliffe actually talked to Joe. And she said that, you know, when he, he even asked her, well, isn't he dead? And she said, well, yeah, but it's more complex. And I want to know, what's the complex part? Does that mean we're going to hear from him via the pensive or... He- Writing him off that way because of Snape is the complex part, and how to tie that up, I don't know. What do you think, Paul? Well, I've you know I've been sort of interested in this whole time turner bit. If you guys been following that, I you know some people have been emailing me talking about a lot of these sort of parallels between Back to the Future and Harry Potter and all these <laughs> so cool. time travel devices <laughs> and. Uh, you know, just this, I, and it, and it kind of makes sense too, given that at some point, Harry needs to get his hands on that time turner so that he can go back to year four and start a band with himself. But, right. <laughs> you know, I try not to focus too much on the, the rock and roll aspects of the book since the, you know, there hasn't been much discussion of those yet. But I, I guess what I, what I'd be leaning towards is at some point we're going to see Dumbledore passing off this time turner to Harry probably in some way maybe kind of like in Back to the Future Part 3 where like Doc sort of sends uh, Marty that letter and he's like I left you the time machine in this cave go get it so maybe it's like Dumbledore is leaving Harry this time turner like in the room of requirement or something and Harry's got to go get it and then you know turn himself back to year 4 and then get some instruments and start, start playing Shows. So cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's just what came to my mind initially. That's getting a little close to the spinal tap for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, do you talk to John? Know we by any chance about these theories? <laughs> well, we've had a lot of discussion. I think they're about brilliant theories. I think they're the best I've heard in a while. We had a little firestorm a few weeks back with people blogging and emailing and leaving us mm-hmm. voicemails like crazy because one person wrote in and said, What if Harry is the person who's under the invisibility cloak or is the other person who is at Godric's Hollow? What if Harry goes back and he has to be the one to tell Dumbledore what happened at Godric's Hollow? He has to be the one to stop himself from changing pa- the past and saving his parents for the sake of protecting the future you know so there's a lot of time travel discussion going on in the harry potter fandom right now yeah i'm a fan of that let's keep it going oh so you think that <laughs> the, the, this dumbledore that we're seeing is in the past or you think that the dumbledore that joe's talking about is just whatever whatever way harry has to interact with dead Dumbledore in order to get this information. Oh, I just meant in general. Oh. We didn't have to keep it going right okay. now. <laughs> <laughs> John? Well, I always thought that Harry got the raw end of that deal in Half-Blood Prince from how he could spend his last year with Dumbledore. If there would be a way for Harry to go back and spend an- another year or at least another you know, a few months or some amount of time with Dumbledore and learn some real cool things from him, and uh, and that would be for the best. <laughs> wait, 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 wait! You don't sound too enthused about that idea. John. I just don't think it'll happen. <laughs> I just, I, I really don't. But it'd be so cool if it did because there's so much more cool stuff he could have learned. He's yeah. just so average right now. No, I love that he's at. John and I have had been having this fight since time immemorial. He thinks Harry has to have more superpower. I like Harry average. I like the idea that he has adequate talent but superior bravery, and that's what's going to help him defeat. Yeah, I, uh, I'm with you there, Melissa. I think that's sort of his defining characteristic. He's got no no super special talents there, uh, but yeah. it's it's just sort of his his desire to see things through. That's that's gonna sort of save the day in the end. See, John, and he is Harry Potter. I guess, you know, that's a... 
This is what we do every night. Every show is every show is a challenge. Aww. Every night is an adventure. See? Who knows Harry Potter better than Harry Potter, I'm telling you. You know, I've been I've been told from some people that, that complain to me when I'm complaining that it's a very American um, point of view as opposed to other countries around the world. And that, you know, it's the Americans that like to have superheroes and like to be the best and like to have all these powers and can't get by without that being the reality for the hero of their story. And I never, I don't know if that, I, I don't necessarily agree with that, but because um, that's, that's not I don't, I don't think that entered my mind initially, but I don't know. Well, I think it's an interesting um, observation. To get back, that was brought to me. To get back to Dumbledore a little bit. Um, this is this is in what way will Dumbledore be a real character? Because if Joe had to take a break from the book because Dumbledore was giving her trouble, this is no passing appearance. Right. There are certain ways in which we can see him. So it it could be a flashback. I'm just going to lay out some options. It could be a flashback. It could be a memory. It could be in the t- in the pensive. It could be, it's not going to be that he's a ghost. Um, it could be a portrait. It could be in the underworld. It could be behind the veil. Oh, he's with Sirius, you think? If- yeah. Well, I don't know. Depends where you think he goes when he dies. Mm-hmm. I mean, she had to get up and leave not only her house, but her city and go to London to take a break right. from Dumbledore. You know, see, it's really interesting to me because there's all that thing, too, about that Dumbledore is an animagus and that Fox, that he's going to come back as Fox. And maybe that's an, another theory out there about that. I, I don't know that I, I personally am not leaning towards that direction, but that, that's another possibility. I mean, I, I don't, I think it's that's a cool one. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's cool. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Just the idea that Dumbledore's Dumbledore's tail feathers are in Harry and Voldemort's wand. Yeah. <laughs> or something, right? Um, Whoa, that's weird. Yeah, that's 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 that brings a whole new meaning to let me see you take a shake a tail feather. Um, bump, but I'm bump. Yeah, um, yeah, that would be sort of weird to me. I don't know. I I still think Fox is Godric's. Yeah, I, I, I like that idea. I think that that'd be like befitting. That he is Godric, or that he is owned by Godric. Was owned by, it was Godric was the original owner. Yeah. But here, okay, here's the thing. I know you said, Paul, you said t- Back to the Future, and I have to say it's a really apt, <laughs> it, it's really apt, because there's this whole idea of you influence your future by not influencing your future, by doing, because he, he goes back and he does all these things in the past, but it, it technically doesn't change uh, it's like this time tra- time travel is really hard to talk about it's like this container of time and everything that that happens from the outside as you're looking at it is because these people are going back and traveling so i feel like we're heading towards some something like that in uh in in deathly hallows and but i just i can't shake that this book is called deathly hallows it's very much about death and in every hero journey, there's either a death or a resurrection. It happened in, I'm going to say again, the Golden Compass series, you know, where they, they technically died, the characters, and came back. So I don't think it's the outside of the realm of possibility that Harry will do what's never been done before and go to the beyond the veil and, and come back. Maybe not through the veil, mm. but you know what I mean. And that's where yeah. Dumbledore would be hanging nice. out. Yeah, at the bowling alley. So, you know, you know that's that's so cool, though, because you know how one of my favorite quotes is, is he says to Harry, you think the dead we love never truly leave us. You know, so maybe I, I don't know that I don't know if he'll be through the veil. That's a good theory. But I, maybe it's just 
that Dumbledore has a a way that that Harry will think of him when he most needs it, and that that's her complex her complex issue is that how she's going to write that in a manner that it's not so hokey or I don't know just fits in with the story that he can impose whatever knowledge that he needs to tell whether it's about that night in Godric's Hollow or whatever missing key about the Horcrux that that Harry needs. So I, I don't know. I, I, maybe we'll get some. Maybe we'll get some new magic where, like, Harry can dive in the pensive and actually talk with Dumbledore or something. Ooh. Like Dumbledore created this new thing. He's got. He wants to. You know, because he was bottling up stuff, right? right? Bottling up these memories. Maybe he's got some some on hand just for Harry. Where uh, I don't know. Maybe he. Maybe even plays out a scene for Harry to watch. You know. <laughs> you know that could be cool. I don't know. <laughs> Like some tutorials? Yeah, like videos. No, John's stuck on this idea that he still has to learn. Like tutorials. Well, what else is he going to talk to talk about? How to kill Voldemort? Where to find a Horcrux? Well, yeah, that's learning. I thought you meant like learning spells and, and stuff. They're classic. Oh, spells would be helpful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they'd be kind of useful. <laughs> I know, like how, do you, how did Dumbledore reach out his hand and grab that rope in the boat for, you know, in the cave, the Half-Blood Prince? That's something that Harry yeah. should probably know how to do. <laughs> yeah, it might That's help in finding the other Horcruxes. You're right. Yeah, definitely. What if it was as easy as putting on Dumbledore's uh, half moon glasses? Oh, cool. And it allowed you to like see things that most people can't see. Huh. Mm. Sweet glasses. That'd be a real gimmick, though. I don't well, know if she'd write that isn't in. Isn't Harry the only character that we know of with glasses? Doesn't per- Percy and Arthur have them, right? Yeah. And uh, Madame Pence. Madame Pence. Whoa. <laughs> I just freaked you out with my knowledge. <laughs> I know it's, it's shocking all the time. We yeah, always think, "Oh, John doesn't know." <laughs> doesn't usually happen, Paul. <laughs> hey, do you guys mind? Uh, like, I think my roommate might have some cool stuff to say oh. on this. I was talking about with him earlier. Cool. Can I put my roommate on? Totally. His name's Mike, and uh, he actually did all the artwork for the EP club. Oh, well, cool. most of it, anyway. Oh. Hold on a sec. Let me go find him. Hey, Mike. Oh, you're right there. <laughs> Here, I'm gonna put the headphones on you, okay? They're they're talk. There's Melissa and John and Sue, and yeah, they're okay. talking about the Dumbledore thing. So, okay, you ready? Sure thing. Hello, hello, Mike. What's hey. up? Hey, how's it going? Very well. Good, good. Well, um, yeah, I've been talking with Paul a bit about this idea that I've had recently, and um, what I've been thinking is, is that I'm pretty much convinced that Dumbledore and Snape are actually the same person. Oh, whoa, whoa. How is that possible? That's cool. Well, Dumbledore, right? He knows quite a bit about time turners, and he has one. Uh Uh-huh. And he's always defending Snape as, even though he seems like someone who's evil, someone who's actually good. Uh Uh-huh. And what I'm starting to think is that I think that the Dumbledore that you see with the beard and the glasses and all that is actually old Snape come back from the future. Hmm. Hogwarts, which which is what leads to Dumbledore's usual... um, Warnings against time turners, the idea of sort of killing yourself by mistake that comes along is actually what happened with him. Wow. So, huh. Well, I got to think about that. Yeah, my brain hurts figuring out all the logistics. At one point of his life, he'd have to kill himself. Exactly. He didn't know it was himself when he did it, but he does know that he did it when it actually happens. So Dumbledore dying looks at the Severus Snape killing him and and realizes that it's himself. Oh, well, he knew that it was himself all along. That's yeah. the thing. Because he'd remember from when he was younger doing it. 
but okay. but what about the, the the prophecy thing? The overheard the prophecy wouldn't have Dumbledore already known that if they were one and the same. But Dumbledore appeared not to have known about the prophecy. That's a hole, I think. It might be a hole in theory, but on the other hand, even if he had known about the prophecy, would he have been would he have been able to change it at that point? Hmm. No, but huh. I'm, I have to read the books again. Exactly. It's worth thinking about. I mean, I think it might be the case that he'd actually be some sort of a uh, Snapledore. 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 I want exactly. that fan art, guys. Make the fan art. Send it in. Snapledore. Okay. Exactly. I mean, it. Um, great. Okay, again, pass you back to Paul. Awesome. Now, okay, thanks, awesome. awesome. Thanks, thanks a lot. Dude. Bye. Bye, Mike. Bye. <laughs> Snapledore. That sounds like a ship. It sounds like a really screwed up ship. Wow. Hey, sorry guys. I, I don't even know if Mike's read the books, actually. Oh, <laughs> oh, we couldn't. We could never known. <laughs> Napledore. Okay. Interesting. So that's what we like about Pottercast, though, man. You do these conundrums. You never know what you're going to come up crazy with. Crazy stuff happens in these, that's right. in these conundrums. <laughs> Now, the other option about Dumbledore is that we've gone back in the past, maybe, and seen his family, which Joe said was important. Mm. Oh, yeah. You got the Aberforth. Mm-hmm. Oh, got yeah. That's good stuff. You Goats. Know? Got the goat milk. You got the... You know, there's an <laughs> awesome new... I gotta tell you, there's a really, really good band out there. Aberforth, Dumbledore, and the Nannies. Check it out. Why the Nannies? <laughs> oh, the, they're goats. Oh, I get nannies. it. Nannies. Oh, ha, ha, Wait, goats are called nannies? Yeah. The little ones. Yeah. Aww. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really like goat cheese. Okay. Yeah, me too. Like pizza. <laughs> Guys. It's good stuff. <laughs> John and For Paul real. should never be together. It's just constant. Anyway, Dumbledore, his family. Um, think about it. Sirius had a will. Dumbledore will have a will. Won't mm-hmm. everything go to Aberforth? And if that's the case... Won't Harry have to talk to him at some point? Maybe to look Ooh. in his pensive? Yeah, I definitely think we'll get some good Aberforth action. We've sort of been leading up to that with all the mysteriousness around him, right? Yeah. He sort of shows up. But yeah, what's it going to be? Hard drinking at the Hogshead for Harry? What do you think? <laughs> I hope so. He'll be of age. The late night hanging with Aberforth over some fire whiskeys and Aberforth sort of spilling his guts out to Harry. What do you, you think? think? We'll think? You think we'll see any drunk characters other than uh, Slughorn? And now that all our kids are of age here? No, do I don't know. A- 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 well, they have those fire whiskey cauldrons in the third, in the sixth book, right? Winky's was drunk. Yeah, yeah. I think I think if there's any candidate to be loaded during book seven, it's probably Aberforth, don't you think? <laughs> sort of a seedy guy. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. I hope. Oh, Harry but he's got too. the locket. Take the break. <laughs> See, I think Aberforth has the locket. Sorry, I just don't think he'll be drunk. Well, I don't think that this is referring to memory because no. for something to have already happened, for Joe to be writing it so intently that it gives her trouble, you know, uh-huh. right. it won't be a memory or a flashback or anything like that. I, I'm still, I think I'm still of the mind that it's going to be a either the underworld or time turning. I don't know. All right. Does anyone here, though, think that he's going to be a talking portrait, though? Do we think that? Is- That's what I thought originally. Yeah. I'd be cool if it was something more involved than that, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not big on the talking portrait idea. I mean, maybe we'll, maybe we'll see his portrait, and maybe he'll say hello. But I don't think he's going to be dishing out anything major from his from his frame there. No, me neither. All right, so I think that we're about ready for our final thoughts, huh? Or- what if What if Dumbledore 
could have like enchanted something so he could come back as like a fairy and follow Harry around <laughs> and uh, tell him, "Listen!" And uh, when he's finding the Horcruxes uh-huh. and fly over to where they could be and mm. uh, help Harry discover them. Thanks, John. I'm gonna. Uh-huh. Very, very nice. I feel like we've really uh, given the fandom a lot to talk about with this canon conundrum. <laughs> oh, it might a lot of really helpful stuff. Uh, That's what and- we- <laughs> it might not all be pretty. Talk. Let me just <laughs> we might get a couple Sorry. of letters, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So typically at this point of the, at this point of canon conundrums, Paul, we 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 generally go around and say what our final you know stick to it kind of decision about what yeah. what we think the answer is. And the really exciting is. part is is that at the end of it on podcast.com there's a poll and everybody says who they agree with the most and the canon conundrum and it could be you Paul it could be you actually we, we should put uh, Can you put Snapple door up there too? We are going to. Mike. All right. <laughs> Mike's in there. Oh All right. I could win because people are yeah. on you like that so. Oh boy. Don't get angry. It's true if we don't put it up there. So who should we start with? Sue, what about you? What's your final thought here? I think that we'll hear from him in the via the pensive, and he will impart some knowledge to Harry about the night in question and at Godric's Hollow. Uh, I I gotta. I mean, by my occupation, I gotta go time turner on this one. So uh, Harry somehow gets his hands on a time turner, and him and Dumbledore start hanging out and talking shop about rock and roll. Right. <laughs> yes, of course of they course. would. Uh, for me, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna go time turner as well. As tempting as the underworld thing is, I'm sort of scared of her definitive attitude towards death. So yeah, I think I think that we're talking about Dumbledore in the past. I'm just not sure exactly where and when. John, uh, I'm gonna go with pensive on this, only because we saw it so much in book six as you know a preferred means of uh, passing along uh, knowledge. And we, I mean, we have seen scenes, of course, of Dumbledore constantly filling this thing up with memories and it'd be ridiculous for um, Harry to not get a hold of this thing. I don't know who else he would will it to. So I think we'll be seeing a lot more more pensive scenes. The only thing is Harry can't talk to him in the pensive. Yeah, but it doesn't necessarily need to talk to him. Eh, probably not. Alrighty. You just have, you could leave a letter to say, here's my pensive. Have fun. <laughs> stay, stay out of this room over here where you know, my old girlfriends hang out. That's a room I never want to go to where Dumbledore is concerned. Thank you, John. (laughs) The love room of the ministry. The love room. Oh, no. Let's not go there, please. (laughs) Another whole can of conundrums. Oh, it's quite a few of them, actually. Okay. Shall we put this can of conundrums to bed? Mm -hmm. Let's seal it up. Zip it up tight. Tie it on a bow. Tie it on a bow. Okay. (laughs) Lots of things. Thank you, Paul, for joining this madness. Of counting conundrums. Oh, a pleasure. Paul, I don't know if you hear the drums. Oh, somebody's drumming. This is the portion of the show where we have the drums. He's got a musical ear. Yeah. (laughs) Well, did you have a good time on this week's Pottercast, Paul? Did I? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's a, <laughs> it's a joy and a thrill to be on Pottercast. I'm sure there's many millions of people who would die for this opportunity. Oh, millions. <laughs> millions. Yes. Billions. Or something. I don't know. A whole Hundreds. Maybe 10 or 20 even. I don't know. No, it's <laughs> yeah. a ton of fun. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, for sure. Um, next time we're all at one of your concerts, I'm sure you'll uh, 
return the favor by oh. having us uh, sing all of your songs no. uh, for you. Yeah, yeah. You guys, you guys ready for do so, for doing some backups? I am. Crazy style. Crazy. Silly as and John is. I'll stand yeah, in the right, back and hold the tambourine. <laughs> oh come on! You stand in the back and hold the tambourine. That's what I'll do. <laughs> Are you guys all going to be a prophecy? It looks like it. Uh, mm-hmm. We're trying to work out some details, but we think all right. so. All right. Yeah. Okay, ready. we're gonna we're gonna come out there. You you, you wait. Potter Castrillo hitting the stage with you. A prophecy. That's a deal. Damn right. Yeah. Waving in the back. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so you don't you don't ever get stage fright anymore, Paul? You know, I we do get nervous like when there's like a lot of people there, you know, like the Yule Ball yeah. style and, and that's more just I think the anticipation of having so much fun. <laughs> it's what makes you nervous more than anything, but uh, we're sort of sort of used to performing in front of people at this point, so it's usually we're more pumped to just go out there and do it than nervous yeah you'll get there someday john i know i'm, I'm hoping, <laughs> I'm hoping. <laughs> i always have problems you know worried about ever having a less than receptive audience or like i had a nightmare once that we did a show in front of a bunch of people that hated harry potter for some reason <laughs> and they all came to the show anyway <laughs> so they were all just very sour the whole time and not laughing at anything that's what makes your day kind of interesting is when you have a challenge like that. So at the end of the day, even if the show is terrible, you, you sort of get a, a good experience out of it anyway, or a fun story to tell your friends about how you played in a sort of middle school uh, during their summer fun day and everybody hated your band and five like fifth grade kids were giving you like thumbs down and telling you you suck after each song i mean that happens but uh you know (laughs) we've had a lot of experiences as a band and that one that one you know we don't dwell on it There's there's a lot more good shows for for every one no, I mean actually, like I had totally forgotten about that until somebody at somebody somebody asked us to play another elementary school. I was like, I think the last time that didn't go so well, so <laughs> we kind of quit playing elementary schools after that. <laughs> you played a bridge once, right? Yeah, we in Austin, Texas. There's a there's a pedestrian bridge, and somebody emailed me saying that like hardcore bands will go there and set up their stuff because there's like live electrical outlets out on the middle of the bridge so we thought that was a pretty great idea so we put the date on up our website and said uh you know 8 p.m we're gonna play a show on the bridge be there and uh we carried all our equipment out onto the middle of the bridge like a quarter of a mile and uh set it up there was like one electrical outlet that worked and uh, we got all our stuff, played the show. There was a great crowd, like 60, 70 people, and uh, ended up even blowing out a speaker on our sound system that night. It was Holy pretty God. fun. <laughs> That's awesome. Cool. Your life is so much more exciting than mine. <laughs> I'm so bummed John, out now. you get to, like, once, sometimes, sometimes twice a week, you get to sit at home and record uh, these <laughs> these Pottercasts. Yeah. You're not, not exciting, huh? I don't know, Paul. Now that now that you've seen the behind, the behind the scenes set up and set up and pinned down of these podcasts, would you say it's still an exciting thing to do? What are you talking about? It's so glamorous. Thrilling. It's very glamorous. Absolutely. The way. <laughs> it all went so smoothly without a hitch, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not, that, not, no, not a big pause. That's what edit, Steve. That's Gander what Art. editing is for. Oh Aww. dear lord! Well, I'm going to see you, a lot of you guys in March, I think, but for a reason we can't quite disclose yet, right? I, are you going to come with us? I think so. 
Yeah, yeah, there's there's one seat left in the van. Oh, book me. <laughs> book me. I'm okay. gonna go on I'm gonna go on tour with Harry and the Potters for a few days in March. For a reason that hopefully by next week I can discuss freely on the show. Alright, so, well I think it's time that we shuffled on out of here. We have a lot of fun stuff coming, right? I was gonna ask him, you're gonna be you're talking about going on tour and he's gonna be in the UK. Everybody's going to the UK. You're gonna you guys are you gonna go to the UK? Oh, we forgot. Yeah, you guys are headed to the UK. That's cool. Me too. When? March third. You're going in May, right? You're going in March, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going well we're going we're gonna playing there in in May, from May twelfth to the nineteenth. We're playing like oh. eight nights in the UK, so it should be fun. Wow. You know what I wanna know, Paul? What is that? When you arrive to the airport over there? And you go through customs and they say, you know, what is your business doing here? What do you tell them? Jeez, I haven't worked that out yet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Customs? Yeah. We actually used that crossing over the Canadian border last summer. Um, Yeah. You know, because they tend to to really hassle bands crossing borders. Um, And so I just showed them an email from the Vancouver Public Library and told them we were playing up there. And they they just let let us slide right on through. Whereas pretty much any other band gets their van searched for drugs or whatever, you know? But the library gives us a certain amount of credibility. I think so. <laughs> and that you're a Harry Potter band. You yeah. know? Yeah. yeah. Did you mention that part? They say, no way, eh? Holy smokes. Eh? <laughs> That's Aww, what they say. Canada. Yeah. We're going there. I can't believe we'll be there in August. Yeah. It'll be fun. It. So the UK in May. You got to keep us updated. We'll let people know when, you, when you're going to be over there. We have a lot of UK listeners. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah! I'm really pumped because we we the last time we were there was two years ago, and uh, this time we'll, we'll certainly have a lot. We'll be a lot better prepared than last time. Last time I had to rent the car and drive it around, and man, that's that's on the other side of the road. Over right, there. right. It was kind of crazy. It was snowing the whole time we were there. It was very bizarre. This time we're a little better prepared. We've got some friends helping us with the shows and uh, driving us around. So. We're, we're ready to rip into the UK in a major way in May. Way cool. Awesome. Well, we'll check in with you from New Orleans, where yeah, we'll be ripping awesome. rip into New Orleans ourselves, but in the way that, you know. <laughs> yeah, we rock yeah. hard. We rock, we man. Rock real hard. <laughs> we can keep up with Wizard Rock. But we have two Wizard Rockers in the show, hey? You got Draco and Wampy there to hold it down. Seriously, Shit. they're going to do just fine. Be great. We'll be the rockingest podcast ever. <laughs> Okay, I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> Are you okay over there? Was that, was that Mooshka showing up? It was not Mooshka. She's sleeping on my hand right now. Oh. Okay. Oh, okay. I think it's time we get out of here. We have lots of fun stuff coming. Remember, if you go to podcast.com, all the information about the Wizard Rock EP of the month club, all our live podcast information, email us at staff at podcast.com if you're coming to our live London podcast on March 3rd at the borders on Charing Cross Road. Go to thephoenixrises.org if you want to sign up to go to our podcast on May 17th in New Orleans. And until next week, I'm Melissa. I'm here with John and Sue. Yes. Thank you very much again, Paul. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks for having me. It's great. This is the best podcast episode we've ever had with Paul on the show. Yes, it is. Wow. The whole time. Check it out, Paul. That's awesome. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Glad we... Had such a great time together talking (laughs) forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Just go, you're wasting time. 
just go. Is this thing on? Okay. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Good night. Oh, and about time to... We've missed it. I confess myself disappointed. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to bed. Great, Scott. No wonder. Look at the time. We've been here nearly four hours. Spooky how the time flies when one's having fun. <laughs> Gong. <laughs> Bleep. <laughs> there wasn't even approaching good. Oh, that was so funny. You know that was hilarious. It really wasn't. <laughs> Everybody say it with me. What am I going to tell the editors now? Uh-huh. Edit not that out. Are you serious? It was not. You can't possibly cut that out. That was so funny. Oh, it was just, just lame. You get the lame joke of the war- of the podcast award. Okay, fine. Just fine. Just, just whatever. <laughs> Let's do them. Lame uh, jokes are funnier than regular jokes. <laughs> You would know. Okay. Uh, oh, snap. <laughs> 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 <laughs>